Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. July 13th edition of Dong City, our 22nd show. We got a jam-packed show today as we review the AL and NL Central. We have some special guests, as you can see. We have John Gray, Matt Bushnell, and Jet the Unabomber Drive. And like I said last week, we have our uh, our producer, Rob Martinez, kicking ass in the background. Let me throw it to my boy, Vince Merck and Daddy. Vince, how you doing, baby? Doing well, Henry. How have you been? You know, things are good. Things are good. Busy. Tax season coming up. Two more days. Two more days. Oh, you're almost out of it. Uh, I'm, I'm tapped out, man. After this, I got a few returns to do, but uh, I'm over it. <laughs> well, people have only had, I guess, what, five months now to do taxes? Yeah, you know how that is. Yeah. Um, anyway, welcome to Dong City, episode 22. We have the Central Division previews here. Looks like we are dropping guests as we talk, but hopefully they won't be back on camera. Um, we're going to be talking about the AL and NL Central today, covering everyone in the division, going to give feedback. Uh, as we mentioned last week, kind of the ground rules here, Henry and I aren't going to go over uh, our division predictions, but we are going to break down every single team's schedule now that they've been released. And we've got John Gray, a Cubs fan here, Jeff Dry, a Brewers fan here, and Matt Bushnell, a White Sox fan here. So plenty of anger and hostility on the show. So <laughs> let's uh, let's introduce everyone. John, how are you doing today? Uh, fantastic. How about yourself? Can't complain. Matt, welcome. I know you uh, just finished up your fatherly duties for the night. So it looks like you've got us now, hopefully for the next hour or two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I got to clear my schedule for you two and yeah. for this special show. Well, you know what they say, Don Thank City you. comes first. Dong's and, uh, all the way, baby. Dong's all the way. <laughs> and Jeff, we we hope to see your, your Unabomber look again. Uh, I'm now intimidated by the Brewers for the first time. Uh, how are you doing? No, we don't have audio either. All right, well, we'll come yeah, back to Jeff okay. once we can see him. Um, I think we so need to petition the Brewers to make uh, – this visual, like, you know, their new mascot, forget Bernie Brewer. This is what we need this going down the slide right there. Just that look right there. <laughs> just camo, just camo, gray hoodie coming down the slide. We need that. Way more intimidating. I agree. Uh, for starters, for anyone paying attention, last week I had my cold-blooded Yankee shirt representing the East. This week it is major leagues representing the Indians in the Central. Um, Henry, looks like you're going with Clemente across. I'm always going with Clemente. Yo, Clemente on Clemente. Pirates, I get it. Very good. Uh, I see John and Matt representing. I don't remember if Jeff is. I guess we'll see. But let's get into it. Rob, if you can pull up our first team here. Wait, wait before we continue, I just want to say I, I, I'm, I'm glad John got to join us because I have a serious man crush on his voice. He's like baseball life's, you know, Barry White. I think he has the perfect voice for this. So, John, thanks for joining us, brother. I, I was honored when you uh, messaged me and asked me to join. So uh, been looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of what Jeff and Matt say, whatever John says is going to be correct tonight, just solely based on void voice That's recognition. That's it. Uh, I, I agree. <laughs> so, all right, here we go. Uh, Rob, we've got the pirates up first. That's that Henry is, are the pirates your favorite central team just based on Clemente or have you not thought that far in advance? I always follow the Pirates. I will always go to Pirate games. I do have family in Pittsburgh. I do love Roberto Clemente. Um, I do like to make fun of them because they make it very easy. 
They love making bad trades, losing value in trades, trading the Yankees catchers or taking on our catchers. It's just, um, they're just, it's, it's a shambles of a franchise, but, you know, my ties to them go be, between the uh, Clemente family and my own family. So that's, that's really the gist of it. Fair enough. I solely like the Pirates because I love making fun of Bob Nutting. Um, Makes it really easy. Yeah, it's the easiest job in the world. Here are the Pirates. Uh, This, I guess, affects Jeff and John more than Matt. But, Matt, we also want to get your take on it. Pirates 60-game schedule. Now, a few things about the Pirates. One is that, obviously, they are probably, if I had to guess, projected for last place by anyone who is, you know, making predictions Uh, and the other the other thing i would say is they're traditionally hot starters so 60 game season maybe a little bit of an advantage for them as compared to years past um looking at their schedule real quick i mean I'll, i'll look at a little bit longer but uh john let's start with you as a cubs fan obviously you've got you've got a skin in the game as far as the central division, the NL. What do you think of the pirates? I mean, are they here yet? Are they going to be here anytime soon? Do you, are they just totally being disregarded this year, you know, from a Cubs standpoint? To be honest, that young middle infield uh, with Kevin Newman in particular, uh, they could be a little surprising this year. Um, But as someone who's looking at the NL central uh, with intent and interest this year, the pirates are just, they're not one of the four teams that I can consider to finish in first this year. Um, and I'm, I'm sure everybody else is probably in agreement with me, but yeah, like, like you said, they're, they're fast starters with a 60 game schedule, but I'm just looking at the schedule right now. They can start 0 six, 0 nine, having to play the Cubs after those first two series. So that would be a rough way to start a 60 game season. Yeah, that's uh, it's definitely it's tough out of the gate getting the uh, Cardinals and Brewers right off the bat, and then obviously the the Cubs and and then you really even the Twins after that is, yeah. is is pretty rough before you get into the Tigers, and then even after that it's Cardinals and Reds. I mean, I think I think the recurring theme we're going to see in the NL is that it, you alluded to it, John. There's there's four teams who can theoretically win this division. So yep. all of these schedules to me are probably going to be inherently difficult <laughs> just because everyone's a contender on the NL side. Um, Matt, we can go to you on the A, you know, as a White Sox fan, you're going to have to play the Pirates. It looks like not much, just that, is it just that two game series? I, I guess. Uh, I think we got them for four. I would, yeah. four would mathematically make sense. I, oh yeah, there they are. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yep right there, 25th and 26th. So you got them for four. So, I mean, the Pirates aren't going to be a major factor for your season. What are your thoughts, I guess, on the NL, you know, central, but specifically the Pirates here? I know you're in a similar, not the same spot as the Pirates with these young guys coming up. You haven't competed for a little bit. You know, do you think the Pirates can have an impact or what are your thoughts on that? I don't see them being able to keep up with the Reds and what they've added. Um, the Brewers' bullpen and starting staff, which I think is going to be sneaky good, is better than the Pirates. I can't find a position on the field where the Pirates are better than any other team in the Central. I think it's going to be a real tough time for them to win 25 games in this schedule. Wow. All right. So you're taking under 25 there. That would mean over 35 losses. Yep. I would agree. I'd say somewhere around 21, 22 wins for the Pirates. I I think that's fair as well. Uh, Jeff, we haven't heard from you, and somehow you're upside down, at least by my... We we got to look at Jeff like this. (laughs) Yeah, it's... (laughs) 
Brewers fans defy gravity. Yeah, there you go. You're good now. Um, All right. Yeah, no, my computer's my, my computer's slow shit, apparently. I tried to. No worries. My, my, it, said, it said a whole lot. Nope. We hear you loud and clear. What um, and we see you now. Fine. What are your thoughts yeah. on the Pirates? You know, as a Brewers fan, you guys have been in along the top the last couple of years. Are the Pirates any sort of threat? Are they a team you're going to beat up on? You know, what are your thoughts on that? That's going to be just like the Astros were when they were in the uh, in the NL. They're going to be a personal little bitch, and we're going to make them ours. Brewers <laughs> like fans not playing in the sandbox very nicely so far today. Not today, not today, motherfuckers. There we go. I this like it. Time. We're uh, we're let's see if we uh, we we win our division um, uh, this time around. This will be the first time ever that we've actually gone three in a row. Really, <laughs> that's a good stat. I like that. Um, I'd like to say something. I'd like to say something. Yeah. Did you know yeah. Superman? I, yeah, I just uh, wanted to let Jeff know that since I knew he was going to be on today, that um, I was wearing my turtle shirt um, just for him. Just <laughs> a little, just little, little, little tribute for him. Well, for those who don't know, Rob, Rob and, and Jeff have a, a Ninja Turtle love affair with one another. That's right. Awesome. Mostly turtles. So, all right, good. I mean, I, it seems like we're pretty much discarding the pirates across the board. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Garbage, man. Yeah. All right. On I to think the, the next best thing, one. The best thing we can do is see which which veterans are, are going to be plucked for the August 31st deadline. That's really what's going to happen. Yeah, fair point. Uh, John did mention earlier they've got an intriguing farm system, so maybe we'll see a little bit of that. But I don't, I don't take them seriously as making any noise. I know it's been a conspiracy that, you know, they could – be hot because of how they usually start and maybe sneak into the playoffs. But now the playoffs aren't expanded to like 14 teams. I don't see any chance. So, Rob, let's get to the next one. Ten minutes was longer than I wanted to spend on a franchise like the Pirates, but here we are. Uh, on to the Tigers. Speaking of teams we don't need to spend that much time on. Uh, we got Miguel Cabrera there. That's about right. Branding from 2006. And, Rob, can we make that, sch that schedule a little bigger? Is that possible? I don't think so. This is right. I will look closely. So they're going to start with the Reds. Then they get the Royals. Then it's back to the Reds, which I already find odd just getting Cincinnati that many times right off the bat. But that's how it is. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they're spending most of their time in the NL until they get to the White Sox around mid-August. So that's intriguing. Um, Jeff, we'll go back to you. Tigers this time on, you know, on the AL side, again, probably not impacting the Brewers that much probably not making that much noise if you ask anyone who would, you know, have no, thoughts on I this. Mean, they, I mean, the, I mean, yeah, they're not that great of a team, but, I mean, it's still – they've got a few shining lights in there. I don't – if I have, if I could use actually my phone to look up some of the players or whatever, but uh, Tigers have seen, but they've got the, the – uh, their uh, one of their pitchers, he's not so much an ace. I think he's like a number two, three guy. Um, I used him a couple times for fantasy baseball. Dude's good for going ball long innings, but again, you got to surround a person um, with a team and regardless, like we've always had problems uh, as in the Brewers, the Brewers the team as, as a whole is that there's good pitching, but there's never enough batting to get you, you know, beat yourself out of a wet paper bag. So, I mean, yeah, I can see them being a little bit better than uh, say the Pirates, but I don't know. Things happen. You know, we could take a look at the Seattle Mariners, you know, we're one of the hottest teams in baseball, and then they just decided to shit the bed. Yeah, I think they shit earlier than 60 games, though. 
Um, yeah. Matt, let's go to you. This, you know, they are going to affect you one way or another because you're going to play them like 10 times. Uh, thoughts on the Tigers? Thoughts on, you know, is Casey Mize going to come up? Any of those younger guys who are a little more intriguing or are we mostly just same old boring Detroit? I think at some point they have to call up Mize. His stuff is too advanced to toil in the minor leagues. I, this is one team I worry about at the end of this year being an issue and then going into next year for 2021. I mean, Matt Manning, Alex Fado, Joey Wentz. I mean, that's a rotation right there where these guys are really going to be uh, above and beyond what a lot of the other central teams can throw out there just stuff-wise. So they're not going to be interesting probably until September late August when these kids start coming up to pitch the hitting's barren there's nothing really to get too excited out about outside of Riley Green Riley Green offers a little bit of uh, intrigue I think Candelario has been a disappointment for the most part for the Tigers thought he would hit better he hasn't and he's not playing third base anymore either so loses kind of value there but September August this team might be a little interesting to watch we're getting a lot of love in the White Sox uh, for the White Sox in the comments section, by the way, so far. So I promise you guys, we're obviously going to get to the White Sox. We were taking care of the shit team, so you have to stick around longer. Um, well, there you go. See? Yeah, John, let's go to you for the Tigers. Any thoughts on them? So I think Matt hit it right on the head right there. Um, the Tigers, in my opinion, are a team that could be good if they were to take the 60-game season and use it as an opportunity to call up some of those young pitchers. Think of a rotation with Michael Fulmer, Matthew Boyd, Matt Manning, and Casey Mize in it. That could be really scary in a shortened season. And it's a team, if they had a couple more bats, could be really threatening. But I think you're right on there, Matt. They don't have the hitting right now. Uh, Jimer Candelario is nowhere near what uh, the Cubs or the Tigers thought he was going to be. Um, And and I think in the end, even if they do call up those young pitchers, it'll be the hitting that uh, takes them down this year. I, I don't like I don't think they have the talent pool in the offensive department or the player position. I agree with you guys with the young stars. They do have some young stars coming up. Um you may see Torgelson skyrocket right away. But if you look at that schedule, I mean they play Cincinnati. They get a break with the the, the uh the Royals, which they'll probably lose two of those three. Back to Cincinnati, St. Louis for five games. I, I just I see them starting off slow. They'll wait the what is it nine nine days? For the service time this year? Yeah. Uh, yes. It's something cool. Is they'll, they'll wait. They'll, they'll call those guys up and they'll let them pitch, but they, they, won't, they won't make any impact this year. This year will be basically an extended spring training for that young talent. And they'll do so without giving up an extra year of free agency. So it's a win-win for the, for the franchise. Yeah, good points. Pretty fortunate there in September They for the other teams. <laughs> they play the yeah. Brewers. The Twins could be in it. Uh, White Sox will get to them. Indians could be in it. Twins again. All those teams are going to be getting a decrepit, more decrepit version of the Tigers, I think, by then. Um, they're going to be mostly having auditions, I think, by September. I think it's going to be that quick for them. So yeah, I think this is a, another team you'll see them trade off a couple veteran pieces just to, you know, get yep. something back and, and mesh with that young team to, to build in the future. Yeah, for sure. So that's the Tigers. Um, do we have them? I mean, I, I've got Pirates in last and probably Tigers in last. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, I yeah, yeah I, I think they're having repeats. Rob, yeah. let's get our next NL team. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, so this 
becomes intriguing and I don't I won't start with my own thoughts here I you know we know my love my Reds love affair Jeff uh let's go back to you here why don't you start us off on the Reds because this is the first team that might give you guys you know some problems oh yeah there's no doubt in my mind they're gonna give us fits I mean, the issue with that is you know they've got a decent rotation I mean their bats are just huge man I mean picking up Moustakis from us I mean, I mean, well, I mean, signing new sockets off the free agency. I mean, it's a decent batch to have. I mean, he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't hit for average, but he also, you know, he hits for pop. He's got power, as you can see from last season or whatever. And I mean, <clears throat> all around, I think they're just a really well put together team. I, I, <laughs> I could see, I mean, us fighting back and forth, you know, just to, you know, try to take the division spot. I mean, it's going to be a hard team to beat. I can't think of really any horrible thing to really say about them, you know, they're just really good. I can't, they're scary good. I would definitely see if I don't, if I don't see my team going, I could definitely see them taking, you know, taking the, taking, taking it all. Okay. They have that possibility. You're going to circumvent the whole Cubs Cardinals thing. Say it's a Brewers Reds division. You're damn right. It is. <laughs> okay. I like that. I like that. And, I mean, I mean, with you even saying with like the cards or whatever cards have always been that team that, regardless that they're a good team every year but the problem is is that they usually wait till later in the year to all of a sudden like find whatever magic that they have up their ass and pull it out and then they end up finding themselves in the playoffs but, but i think they, with they the always they, they do find that magic though always yeah. it was flat i don't know how they seems do like it. they always do it yeah, but they do it but i personally think that i think we're at a too short a season that they may end up just you know shooting their foot off just for the fact is like it's just there's not enough games for them to actually build some momentum not saying that they're not good because they're always good i don't know how but they are but i'm hoping with this short season that you know it'll give us the edge that we need because i mean we've got one of the better bullpens in baseball i mean bullpens that get you out of jams i mean and i i'm happy with what i got for a team but the reds yeah i whew, yeah i could definitely see us just giving everybody fits <clears throat> We did get some uh, some Cardinal news right before we we went on the air, so we'll get to that when we when we get to the Cardinals. Henry, what do you think? Uh, staying on the topic for the Reds, what what are your thoughts here? I, they're one of the more intriguing teams, I think, of twenty twenty, even this before this. Is, I think this team is absolutely loaded. I think this team is going to smack everybody with their bats. The combination of Bauer and Sonny Gray and Castillo is just going to slap everyone with their dicks. This team, I love. That talent is deep. They have depth. They have outfield depth up the wazoo. They can make a, a decent trade, a big trade, actually. And, you know, at, at the deadline, will acquire something they need and, and not lose a beat of offense. This team is going to slug everyone to death. Those, those are strong words. John, this is your division, too. Uh, do you feel as strong? I mean, is this team scary for you, or where do they rank? Uh, at the top. Of the division, wow. in my okay. opinion. Um, yeah, I, I am, as uh, someone who has watched the Reds beat the Cubs up and down what seems like 10 to 15 times a year the past few years, we have always had trouble with them. And I'm just looking at their projected lineup for this year. Uh, remember, they have Shogo Akiyama coming in this year as well. Uh, Joey Votto, Eugenio Suarez, Mustakas, Castellanos. I mean, there is just power up and down that lineup, they have Freddie Galvis playing shortstop. And Henry was right on that rotation. Castillo, Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, Di Sclafani, and Wade Miley is a sneaky good fifth starter as well. 
Um, I really think the Reds should be the projected favorites to win the Central this year. I mean, I even Shelby. <clears throat> sorry, I can't talk today. I understand. I brought him. I throw up. But yeah, I'm, uh, I forgot. Who was that last pitcher you were just talking about? I keep forgetting his name, but he was on my team. Wade Miley? Miley or Wade Miley? Five? Yeah, I mean, even with Wade Miley being number five, that dude is still scary good. I don't know where he found that magic when you come up with a splitter, like in mid pitch, you know, to throw at people. The, the dude's got a lot of left in the tank. The more people gave him credit for it in Baltimore. I'm super happy that we got to have what we did. <clears throat> Matt, what about you with the Reds? I, I love this team from top to bottom. I think you could take a look at a guy like Aquino, who's not really mentioned in this lineup, coming in and playing DH or putting Castellanos, Castellanos at DH. Who as a White Sox fan, I really wanted Castellanos. I thought he would have fit nicely in that White Sox lineup. But, man, just you take a look at the rotation. I think there's some names that could be late-inning bullpen boasters because I see this team lacking a little bit of bullpen. I don't trust Iglesias to close out games. But Hunter Green may make his way to the big league roster in September and really make a difference in that bullpen. Mm -hmm. And maybe Nick Ludlow will finally – well, not finally, but make an appearance this year as well with the shortened season. I think those two under the radar, their top two prospects, you could see them uh, make an impact. Yeah, this seems like a perfect storm for the Reds. And and I had mentioned this last year. The Reds, I think, started like one and nine last season. And after that, they were a 500 team being, you know, last year. And people look at them now as this is like a dark horse team who might come out of nowhere. But for me, their floor was already 500 in the NL Central. You don't need to be that much better to probably win that division because it has so many good teams. So for me, they're already in the mix. And then they added a couple outfielders. Sensel's a year older. Um, they've got Aquino, you mentioned, Matt. Uh, he won me fantasy like by himself last year. He's, uh, he's going to be there a full season. They've got, I think Votto personally isn't done. I think he could have a little bounce back year. They've got, um, and then they've, and then you're starting to talk about the Louis Castillos of the world. He can win a Cy Young. Uh, you know, I think he, I saw his stuff live last year, and he was, to me, after you get to the DeGrom and Scherzers of the NL, he's got every bit the talent that everyone else in that league has uh, to be a, a front-end pitcher. I think Bauer, now they settled into Cincinnati for a full year, could have a nice bounce back. And then you've got Sonny Gray, who's a total piece of shit. Um, but he, uh, you know, maybe, maybe he does something that's not dickless. So <laughs> this right rotation is, is absolutely there. I think their big Achilles heel was the bullpen and it's not because they don't have a good closer setup, man. It's because they didn't have that deep of a bullpen last year, but you know, short, short season at a really strong finish to last year, got better. They're obviously all in as a franchise, as a mid-market team this year. I, Reds are a scary team. I'm with you guys on that. Um, so the, the, uh, the, the Reds, they actually didn't hit that well last year. So the, good point, Nick yeah. Castellanos is, is the big addition in good. that offense, in my opinion. Once he came to the Cubs last year and just started matching, now you put him in an even better hitter's ball. Play. Oh, hell yeah. Um, you, you add that plus the DH. Those two oh, things yeah. right there yeah. will just bolster their offense tremendously. They'll use that DH. It's like a oh, rotating, just, just mashing. Yeah. Like the old Bugs Bunny commercial, you know, when he's hitting and everybody's just, you know, they come around the bases yep. and they just mash him. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, if they don't have to throw Aquino or Castellanos in uh, left or right field, get those bad gloves out of there once in a while. 
that'll really help them. Yeah, I think that usually is rotating. They have a lot of defensive liabilities in the mm -hmm. outfield, which is why I think they'll rotate uh, DH in outfield, you know. Yeah, good point. Um, we're playing around with the windows here. I don't know what is going on. Uh, in the interim, Rob, why don't you bring up our next team? I mean, it seems like the Reds already in the NL starting to make some noise as a potential division winner. So that's going to be a theme here as we head on through the NL. Uh, let's go back to the AL for a second. These are the Kansas City Royals. Kansas City Royals. KC. <laughs> Barbecue. This was so exciting like five years ago. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. And um, it's a lot of garbage. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at their schedule kind of in <laughs> awe. There's no way to hide it. It's just they're the pirates of the AL. No shit. Yeah, Matt, Matt, why don't we start with you since it is your division in the AL over here? Are the you know are the Royals going to be good soon? I I I don't recall their farm system being very great. Um, I don't know. Give give us some thoughts on on the Royals. <laughs> I, every time I look at the farm system, and then even looking at the roster, I don't see things that stick out. I think they're putting their eggs in the Bobby Witt Jr. basket. I, I think they expect him to come up and kind of be the centerpiece while they're still bad. I mean, this is screaming five to seven year rebuild right now. Uh, Brady Singer as their best pitcher coming up through the minors. I'm not ecstatic about his stuff. It is so far away. This team's going to be worse than the Tigers. At least with the Tigers, you can take a look at something, you know, coming up this season, you know, Brady Singer should be up at some point, Jackson Kowar, but there's not anything on this roster that makes me think that they can win more than 25 games, maybe not even 20. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I think it's going to, they're going to be one of the worst. <laughs> uh, Henry, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at that lineup. They start with Cleveland. Um, yeah, they go to yeah. They start with Cleveland. They go to Detroit. Um, they get the White Sox, Cubs, and tw they get the White Sox, Cubs, Twins, Reds, Twins, Reds, Cards, White Sox. They will be dead in August. <laughs> August schedule is brutal. Yeah, quick, quick exit for sure. I don't think I see them at twenty wins. I don't even. I, yeah, I can't see them at twenty wins. Yeah, I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that August schedule. Now that you bring up, man, that stretch—that sounds Ooh. like a three-game win out of that stretch. They'll be lucky to win more than three games. Yeah. The the end of July through all through August is just absolutely just that's a bloodbath in the waiting. Yeah, for sure. Um, John, John, any <laughs> finishing thoughts on the Royals? I don't, I don't know. I don't think we have to spend too much more time on them. They're another thing that's interesting. They keep drafting pitchers. Um, so, the, yes, they're at least three to four years away um, from being any kind of a threat in the division. Um, and by that time, I think the White Sox should be well into their uh, domination of the AL Central. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's another thing where I, I would use the 60-game season as kind of an ex extended spring training to get some of those young guys up, some of those young pitchers, get them some – uh, time against major league hitters. And I think we're right on there around the 2021 win mark. Yeah, 
for sure. I mean, I'm, again, I'm with you guys. I don't, I don't think this has been rocket science so far with the bottom dweller teams. Let's start yeah. to get more into the NL here. Um, Rob, why don't you bring us our next team? Kind of small, but it's the Cubs. <laughs> oh, shit. Small is an understatement. I can't see that. <laughs> I'll pull it up yeah. on my screen. It's the only schedule I can find. Jeez, you okay. want to translate it to us? <laughs> what, uh... you're, you're fired, Rob. <laughs> Man. That Hold is... on. Hold on. I, I got it. I got it. I got oh, it. come on now. Hurry yeah. up. Get, 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 get the I Cubs dong a little bigger here on Dog City. Actually, I. I'm going to share my screen. I think I got a decent. Uh... Rob, stop, stop yeah. sharing your screen for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got a, I don't know how it would come across to you guys, but let's see. And that was from Twitter, so. <laughs> Can you guys see that? Oh, wow. There we go. All right. Hey, I'll, I'll take it written on the napkin over that. Um, all right. So. In a bit. There we go. Things, guys, guys, things you can do with a MacBook. Zoom. <laughs> oh, pun, 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 pun. Oh, wait. So I could have zoomed my, my schedule. Huh? Yes. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me see what uh, tabs Henry's got open here. Uh, yeah, right. Let's look yeah, at yeah. that. <laughs> uh, the IRS, like, as most uh, the most boring it could get. Um, <laughs> how premium is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John, let's start with you. This is your baby. Before I inevitably disagree with you, what um, <laughs> what are your thoughts? I mean, you have a, that's a tough start. Brewers and Reds, but we're talking then Pirates, Royals, Royals after. So I mean, it kind of evens yeah. out. I don't see anything here that's crazy about the Cubs schedule. But what do you think about it? Yeah, I think the Cubs started like one and sixty last year or something like that. It is a <laughs> horrible start to the season. Um, we won the first game of the season against Texas and then uh, went on the road and lost to, you know, Milwaukee and Atlanta and everyone like that. So they have to get out to a better start. Um, I'm thinking second or third place, cautiously optimistic that they could win the division. Um, but that pitching staff is not getting any younger. You're still going to have Kyle Hendricks at the top dominating John Lester has been trending downwards. Jose Quintana has been trending downwards. Now, luckily, uh, um, or unluckily he has to have surgery as well. Uh, so you get more innings of Tyler Chatwood, uh, not good. They lost Cole Hamels to the Atlanta Braves. Um, you Darvish has been trending somewhat upwards, but he's not with anyone thought he was going to be he's more of a middle of the rotation guy um that that offense is still pretty good number one through six at least well so let me ask you i'll ask you that question so what happens with now that you've lost um uh, uh kb because uh, you opted out of that um uh, opted out of the season what is that going to do for you guys as far as like trying to find somebody for his replacement because i mean that's a big big bat to be missing out on wait who opted out was it didn't Chris Bryant opt out? No, I have not no, seen that. No, 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 no. He's still there. Uh, okay. I thought I read somewhere that uh, he did. Now, now he'll be gone eventually when they screw up the negotiations. But uh, you, for just, now he's still you just gave—you just gave every Cubs fan a heart attack. That's how you fucking troll people. That's how you troll people. Now we have the Brewers in psychological warfare too. This is unbelievable. I'm yeah, I mean, he, he's going to opt out right after Christian Yelich opts out. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, uh, oh my goodness, but Chris Bryant, he, he is the rock in that lineup. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to project, hard to be optimistic about even a guy like Javi Baez that has an uh, O-swing percentage, almost 50%. Kyle Schwarber, who strikes out a bunch. They're going to have to have consistent offense because I don't see that rotation being great in the bullpen. Yes, they added Dan Winkler, but it's been trending down. Really, everybody's been trending downwards since that World Series season. Yeah, um, I mean, you lost a little bit worse. So yeah, you lost Strope, and you know you went to the Reds. So yeah. you went to you know opposite team. So yeah, Pedro Strope, probably the best reliever the Cubs have had in the last thirty years, and they let him walk away to a division rival. So yeah, I think you guys. I don't think you guys give Schwarber enough love, man. That, that dude has increased his defense tremendously. Um, oh, he definitely has. He hits everything. I, I think the Cubs will hit. Yeah, I don't. I don't think hitting will be the issue. It's, it's pitching that I think will be the issue. Uh, yep. They'll go. They'll go as much as, as Javi goes, and as much as Chris Bryant goes, if he can stay healthy. But yeah, I, I you know, I don't. I don't see the Cubs uh, on top of that division. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounded for a second like you were going to support them. And I'm going to, I'm intentionally saving Matt and I for last to evaluate the Cubs. Um, but Henry, do you have, do you think, you know, is this a team that could compete for the playoffs or are they going to finish I mean, below 500? If or? you look at the, if you look at the schedule, I, I think they can, you know, rack off a few, you know, a nice couple of streaks. You know, I, I think they'll compete, you know, maybe up until the last few weeks of the season. And, you know, who knows? And, and with that trade deadline so soon, you don't know, you know, Theo is, is a mastermind at trading and, um, you know, who knows what he can, what rabbit he can pull out of his ass, you know? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go and then I'll let Matt clean up the ashes, but I, um, this is the year and I've said this to Cubs fans in baseball life since they won the world series. And for the record, again, for like the millionth time, I was rooting for the Cubs in 2016. The entire postseason, Yankees didn't make the playoffs. It was That was Cubs season for me. I wanted them to beat the Mets in 2015. They didn't. 2016, I was like, let's get this. It's a great story for baseball. It ended in the most, the best way it could possibly end. I was very happy for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Went to Wrigley, full nine yards. So not a Cubs hater, but this is the year that they validate everything I've been saying about Theo Epstein and the, and the crew since that World Series, which is that they shit their pants, they – they they busted their nut way too early as far as uh, all of these trades, the Quintana trade reeked of like, they didn't need to be all in is what I'm getting at every single year. Uh, and they were, they had a great, you go into 2016, you win the world series. You're in 2017. You've got still one of the best farm systems and they systematically start trading all of their top prospects. And it produces basically Average to, to little results each time. Quintana came over. He's, you know, a 3-4 starter at best. Darvish comes over. Great second half last year. Terrible until then. Uh, Lester, obviously fantastic, but he's getting old. Chatwood's terrible. Kimbrell was terrible. All of these trades that they've made over the years have just not been great. Cubs fans usually won't admit it. They usually won't admit Jason Hayward's overpaid. That wasn't a great contract, even though he's a little better last year. They won't admit a lot of things. But the fact of the matter is, like was alluded to earlier, Cubs win the World Series. Then they finish around worse. Then they finish around worse. And then last year, they don't make the playoffs at all. 
And now yeah. this year, I think they're just going to be bad. <laughs> That's really how I see it. I think they're, they have gotten worse every single year. And they have no one to blame except for their front office. And that's what this season to me is going to validate. I've got the Cubs coming not in the top three in the division. That's really how I feel about it. Again, not because I hate the Cubs, but you are going to see exactly what I've been talking about the last few years as far as this franchise has bungled what could have been a dynasty. And now you're talking into talking about a one-hit wonder uh, and and they're going to need a rebuild eventually. And Chris Bryant, unfortunately, might be that chip that has to fall because I really like their core of offensive hitters, but they're going to have to do something because that farm system still basically non-existent. They have old pitching. They have lack of depth. And now you, all you have is your core. So that's it. That's what, that's what I had to say. I've been waiting a long time to say that about the Cubs, and this is where we're at. I, this, that's how I feel. And Matt, I'm, I'm going to guess you don't feel too far off from me, so why don't we hear your thoughts? Every time I look at the roster, I, I like a lot of pieces offensively to it, but I go back to a couple things that really hurts this team. One, Addison Russell's not what they thought he would be. Obviously, I think if it's – Yep. You know, 2016 was a career year and Addison Russell has never been the same player that they thought he was going to be when they traded Samarja to get him, which was a really good trade for Theo at the time. Then we take a look at the Quintana trade and they may not have needed Eloy and that's fine. I, I get that, you know, but it felt like you traded Cease and Eloy for Quintana, who I love Q when he was with the White Sox. He was really good as a number two behind sale. And I, I don't know what it was. Then he goes to the Cubs and it's, it hasn't been good. It hasn't been terrible, but there's been times where you thought Quintana doesn't even belong on that roster, but this team has aged horribly. They're counting on Jason Hayward. Well, I shouldn't say they're counting on Jason Hayward, but Jason Hayward was really good offensively last year. And I think that's kind of lost on some people, but he's shown over the last years that he's not going to be that good offensively again. It's more like an albatross season for him. Wilson Contreras is really good, but I always feel like he should be playing more games. I'm not sure if keeping him at catcher is the right thing to do. Rizzo has back issues. KB is coming off a shoulder injury that he wasn't right all year. And now Schwarber gets to DH when he's really improved in left field. I, I don't think they're better than the Reds. I, I find it a struggle to say they're better than the Cardinals. The Brewers is kind of where I slot this at, like three, four. But even the Brewers have the best player on the field when the Cubs play. And I think the Brewers have a much better bullpen. So, yeah, Vince, I, I don't see this team escaping fourth place. And I don't think they're going to be close to third. I think they'll be closer to fifth than they would be third. Yeah, I, I have made the mistake several years in a row now of picking the Brewers for fourth. And then they do something like go to the NLCS. So I'm done with that business. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm done doing that. Uh, John, I'll give, you, I'll give you a chance. I don't know. I don't know if you think we're far off base here for being too hard on them or if you're relatively in agreement. But, you know, do you disagree with anything Matt and I just said about the Cubs as a franchise? Not at all. And, and I see that uh, in a lot of places, the unwillingness to accept that the front office could do anything wrong because, you know, Theo is basically Jesus who brought us a first World Series championship in 108 years. So how could he do anything wrong? The fact is, the Jason Hayward contract was terrible. Yes, he is a gold glove defender. And yes, he has improved offensively lately, but it, he's still not worth the what is he getting paid 22, $23 million a year. Yeah. 
you Darvish, that contract is horrible as well. And you see a lot of people saying, well, you know, we, we don't need you Darvish to be anything more than a number three pitcher. Well, you're not paying him to be a number three pitcher. You're paying right. him to be ace. You can't keep giving out bad contracts and expect good results for it. Now, now I know nobody's perfect and can read into any of those things, but that, that I'm afraid is going to keep them from signing a guy like Chris Bryant to a long-term deal. Um, and you mentioned Chris Bryant's uh, injury problems, but yeah, I mean, he still had a 135 WRC plus last year, uh, 4.8 war, even coming off of a shoulder injury. Uh, he's, he's still great. Javi Baez is still great. Anthony Rizzo's as consistent as it gets. Wilson Contreras, you're right. They need to put him in the lineup more days. He can play the outfield as well. And he, I think you're going to see uh, Caratini go in there and catch some days and give Contreras some days off to have him play DH. I think you guys are right on with the analysis. This team has been declining the last four seasons. Um, I, I still want to be cautiously optimistic, but I would not be surprised if they finished anywhere from first to fourth. Yeah, and you brought up a good point with the Cubs, and that is that uh, it reminds me of the older Reggie Jackson, Thurman Munson feud when Reggie said that Thurman stirs the drink, but he stirs it bad. Um, that's how I felt about the moves that the front office has made. It, not that any of them have been awful. Like, you guys don't have an Ellsbury contract on that roster. Um, yeah, I mean, the Yankees don't uh, Tyler now, Chatwood but... <laughs> at 13 million a year is not Hey, Hayward hey, hey, would probably qualify for that. I don't think it's as terrible as Ellsbury. Like, Hayward's still producing something, which is my point. Like, they don't have an albatross contract. They have a lot of contracts that their players are not making the value of their contract. And you add up enough of those with the Cubs, even with their higher payroll, that's where you start to, like John said, this is going to cost you one of those core players. I don't think you can lock up Rizzo, Baez, and, and, and Bryant with guys like Hayward making $22 million, be an average player, and Darvish being a, you know, middle rotation arm being paid like an ace. Those are the – that's when you start to see the dynasty fall. You know, that, that's when teams start to get stuck in that purgatory of mid, mid to low 80 wins. It, it would not be surprising if the Cubs falter early if you see someone like Wilson Contreras get dealt at the deadline for prospects. Um, I, I think he's honestly going to be the first guy to go. Um, to have a catcher like that who's a great offensive piece, I think he would get a lot on the trade market. Fair enough. Um, good. Yeah, I mean – I also I, think you guys give you – no, I was saying I think you guys give you Darvish a lot more shit. I think he was much better in the second half last year. He, he definitely was. He's not going to live up to that contract, so you no. already know that. But you Darvish is more of a two than a three, I think. And, and, and I think the He's, way he ended his season, he could have been a candidate for, like, somebody to just pick it up and, and just go off. But, you know, to your guys' point about signing a core player, I don't think they ever, I don't think they ever had a shot at re-signing Chris Bryant. They never did. They never will. Um, that just started off on the wrong foot. You know, maybe Rizzo, maybe Javi, but they never had a shot at, re at retaining uh, Chris Bryant. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded him this season. So, I think so thanks to that great second half last year, you Darvish's Ks per nine and base on balls per nine were actually right along with his numbers when he was with Texas. Um, and that was for a full season. Uh, the problem is still the home runs with him. 
Hey, so. I, you know, I, I am not a Darvish hater either. I traded Matthew Boyd for DJ LeMahieu and you Darvish down the, down the line last year, and that worked out as great as it could possibly work out for me. But I, Who you did Darvish, you man, manage to talk into that? <laughs> there, uh, I think Rizzo was the other player that I gave away. So it wasn't okay. as awful as it seems, but um, Darvish was, was a key, key player I was paying attention to last year. But Darvish, to me, is an NL version of James Paxton. He, uh, there's a little bit of injury concern there. Fantastic second half. Could, he's got that tantalizing stuff. We've seen him you know, pitch like an ace for stretches. Um, but no one that I know, is, including Yankee fans, is going to say James Paxton could be an ace this year. Why? Because he hasn't done it over the course of a season. It's silly to say in a shorter season, because he really could get hot for 10 to 12 starts. Now he's an ace. But... No one's saying it about Paxton, and, and with reason, Yankee fans are saying we need Paxton to basically be like a two at best, but even a three in the playoffs behind Tanaka, and he's going to slot in there well. The Cubs don't have that luxury. To me, Darvish has to be a one or a two, and that's a tall price. You know, that's a, a tall task. So, yeah, I mean, maybe he, he picks up where he left off, but I think it's unrealistic to say Darvish is going to be like a sub three ERA guy because his second half last year was great. I don't think Paxton I mean, it wasn't either. It, it wasn't just a sec. Like, all of July, all of August, and September, his whip wasn't just under one. It was 0 0.8 in each of those three months. He, he, like, him and Flaherty were the best pitchers in the NL, I think, uh, down the stretch last year, for sure. All I'm saying is that it doesn't usually work where they just pick up where they left off when you're a player with a checkered history like that. Yeah, yeah. For like sure. Paxton's not Paxton probably I think he had like a ten stretch start where he can probably pull his numbers and they were pretty incredible too. I don't think he's going to be a, a Cy Young contender this year, but I certainly not expect that he could be like that mid three guy, um, you know, ERA wise. So anyway, we'll see. Uh, you know, Darvish is a bright spot. I think there's upside there, which is great. But he, you can't really say that about Lester. You can't really say that about about Chatwood. Like there's just not a lot there. Yeah. That, I mean, you can't gonna follow anything it. about Chadwick. That guy's been hot booty hole for a while, but. <laughs> yeah, and Cubs fans don't really like him either, so. <laughs> it's, um... it's, uh, Chatwood, uh, Chatwood to the Cubs is like Cameron Lowe to the Brewers. Hate yeah. the We've all got Garden. one like that, for sure. <laughs> um, Rob, why don't you bring us our next team? There we go. Oh, yeah, here we go. From Cubs to the other side of Chicago, the White Sox. This is where Matt gets a little excited. Um, let's look at the schedule, Matty. We got uh, – it looks like those first games are fake. But then we go to the Twins, Indians, <laughs> Royals. Uh, and then we're going to the Brewer. I mean, I'm looking at this July, you know, it's par for the course. I don't think anything crazy. You get a nice – some nice breaks in there. September – you're ending kind of tough. That's that's my takeaway here. You know, you've got Twins, Reds, Indians, Cubs end the season. Cubs may be completely shot by then, but I I, I have the belief that those inner city rivalries are always uh, always tough regardless. Like the Mets could suck ass and they're still going to like give the Yankees a bunch of problems. So I imagine. Yeah. It's the same. But Maddie, what are your thoughts here with the White Sox? Uh, I know we've spoken offline and I'm kind of surprised by your thoughts, but why don't you share them for everyone? First of all, I love the team, I, and I, I think they're going to be successful this season. But big picture, 
picture. You know, we kind of talked about how the Cubs took that one year and kind of mortgaged everything for it. Not totally like the Cubs, but this year is like the worst possible scenario for the White Sox. One, they're going to end up giving service time probably to Andrew Vaughn, which in five years, he's probably going to be the best first baseman in all of baseball. So you would kind of hope to hang on to him longer. You know, I, I just too many of the young guys are going to be coming up and it's just something that I would hope they could hang on to a little bit longer because you can't lock all these guys up to long-term extensions. I was going to say, do you, do you think that Vaughn could get in, uh, you know, an Eloy, Eloy type deal or no? I don't think Vaughn would take it. Okay. I, I, I think, I, I think with Eloy, he plays the outfield, which is a little bit more taxing. Vaughn already got paid, you know, pretty decent money. I mean, Eloy came over on a pretty modest contract from the Dominican when the Cubs signed him. It wasn't, you know, something huge. So Vaughn was a third pick. I think he got something like $7 million guaranteed already. So Vaughn has money. He can kind of wait this out a little bit. So that worries me slightly. But Nick Madrigal is going to lose a year of service time because I, I am positive if this team's going to compete and win this division this year, Nick Madrigal has to end the season playing second base. If he's not their starting second baseman, they're not winning this division. So that's an issue. I think Dane Dunning has to be up. I would not be surprised if Jonathan Stever comes up. But it's loaded. You take a look at the guys that they can have come up. And I've even mentioned Michael Kopech because he opted out this year, which hurts them. But, you know, it's a personal decision, so I can't hold it against them. But when you start looking at the meat of this team, Mankata, Eloy, my MVP pick, that's – I mean, he's going to win a couple MVPs before the end of his career, and that's Luis Robert. I, I don't think he gets enough love and he gets talked about enough. He is going to be the best outfielder in all of baseball in five years. And I, I am very bearish on him, but I just love every part of his game. And I go back to what John said. I mean, in five years, this team's going to be running this division. And I'm kind of selfishly looking at years seven and eight and nine. But when I look at this White Sox team, if Giolito is the real deal and last year wasn't a mirage, which I don't think it was, I think they have to move Lopez to the bullpen. But with Dunning, Stever, Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez, they got some horses to get through this season and really mess a lot of stuff up. I'd be surprised if they don't make the playoffs this year. You said you'll be surprised if they don't make the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think this is a playoff team with the expanded playoffs. Yeah. I, well, it's not you know, expanded. I just, oh, it's not? They're, they're sticking – okay, then, yeah. Same if it's yet. not ex, – uh, I, I think it, it's really that last wild card spot is going to come down to them in Cleveland. And okay. I'm probably going to lean Cleveland a little bit just because of the rotation. Okay. Yeah, that, that was actually more optimistic than I was expecting. You mentioned the part about how you didn't think the 60-game – season favored them but you did not mention the part where you thought they were still a playoff contender anyway so um good to, good to know henry what about you with the white Sox? uh i know that the al that second wild card to me is kind of the only potentially exciting part about the al but what you know what are your thoughts on that i actually love the white Sox collection of talent i know i give matt a lot of shit in our private chat um, but i do love that collection of talent i will differ with matt in the sense that 
he thinks this season was a bad thing for them. I think it's actually a good season, a good season for them because I don't think realistically they would have competed over a 162-game season. But I think in a 60-game season, they'll hold their guys back to get that extra year of service time and then let them play. We're going to see all these guys this year, and they won't lose, and they're going to lose that extra year. The the Sox will keep the extra year because of it. And I think uh, the one word to me that stands out with this team that has a lot of potential is fun. I think we're going to look at the White Sox, and I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. I think they're young. They're athletic. They slug. They're just going to have a ton of fun. I'm going to share my screen real quick. Rob, give me a second. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, that's a great point, Henry, because this team is going to be a lot of fun between yeah, no. Tim Anderson. I, I love who, this team. First, look, yeah. th- this happened two days ago, and I thought it was the greatest thing. Let me share this. This was two days ago. This was uh, – who's this, who's this, Vince? I mean, uh, Matt? Uh, that's my guy, Luis Robert. Luis Robert. And the best thing about that, that shit was a home run. <laughs> <laughs> Going and we're gonna see us. we're gonna see a lot of that happening. We're gonna that have was the that White team. Sox franchise from 2006 to now. Yeah, <laughs> that that team is gonna have a lot of fun. I don't think they're gonna win the division. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they're gonna grab a lot of headlines. They're gonna turn a lot of heads. They're gonna make a lot of noise, and most importantly, they're gonna have a shitload of fun doing it. Okay. Yeah. I, I get, look. It's a young team. It's a loaded team. Um, John. Wait, that, I will say Michael Kopech has been getting a lot of shit, and I think that's unwarranted. Mm-hmm. That man has been dealing with depression, anxiety. He's been dealing with a lot of stuff. He's recovering for Tommy John and a lot of fans. Yeah, right. It's mainly yeah. fans because, you know, the cesspool of the internet is in Facebook comments. And right. they've been giving him a lot of shit. And I think um, he doesn't owe anyone any explanation for taking the season off and opting out. So... Kopech, do your thing, baby. I'm glad you're not with Boston anymore. Hell yeah. Get some men. John, what do you think about your crosstown rivals? Um, I think uh, I, I don't want to just completely uh, continue to echo what Matt has been saying all night. But <laughs> if I could parallel this to a Cubs example selfishly, I think White Sox fans should be feeling about the same as Cubs fans felt going into 2015 the year where they won 97 games, third most in baseball, and went to the NLCS. I would not be shocked if the White Sox made a deep playoff run, and I would not be shocked if they finished third in the division. It all depends on how that young talent plays, and I I think you guys are right on. They are going to be a fun team to watch. No matter how many games they win, White Sox fans should be very, very optimistic about their future. Yeah, it's uh, you, know, you bring up the 2015 Cubs. I can totally see that comparison. Wouldn't surprise me. I look at this team a lot like the 2008 Rays, and it's not to say that I think they're going to go to the World Series, but it is to say that this team's talent that's up now, and James in the comment section you know, does mention that what's, what's left behind what's coming up now is not – great anymore it's not that top one or two farm system that the white Sox have had but that's because they're graduating all their players but the talent that's on that major league roster now is so unbelievably good with ceiling (laughs) that it could be like those 2008 rays who basically just had like six or seven like top 100 prospects just all come up together Um, yeah and we and we saw the results now the white Sox have a little bit more money than the rays did but kopech 
Matt, I mentioned this earlier to you in the day. Mm-hmm. Kopech opting out really, really hurts, I think, because he was so good before his injury so quickly that yeah. I really felt paired with Giolito that could have been the one-two punch the White Sox needed to carry them and then also maybe even make some noise in the playoffs. And now you're losing half of that. They've got Keuchel. They've got Lopez and Gio, who I think, you know, they're not going to pitch you out of games. But, um, but nothing has the upside Kopech has besides Giolito. And then you've got Dylan Cease, who, Matt, yeah. you know I, I hate. But uh, <laughs> I'm not but, well, dumb enough to think <laughs> his career is over because he had a bad couple of months. Well, well I, I think Cease gets a bad rap. I, I think Cease is actually going to be really good. He's, I think he's extremely underrated um, when it comes to flying under the radar. His stuff is just almost as good as Kopech's. I mean, he can hit triple digits. But when he throws that fastball as hard as Kopech does, he loses the control. So he lacks the control right. of that fastball that Kopech has. But other than that, Cease's curveball, if he ever gets that thing honed in, I mean, it's going to be a nightmare for hitters. But I wanted to bring something up. And I don't think he gets enough credit for all of this. And that's Rick Hahn. For my money, I think he's in the top five best GMs in all of baseball. And I referenced the Chris Sale contract that got them Mankata and Kopech. The Jose Quintana contract that yeah. got him Eloy and Cease. Now he locked up Eloy. He locked up Luis Robert. He locked up Mankata. The Abreu contract, that was more of a thank you to Abreu more so than anything else. He transformed the farm system for this team. He has done an absolute magnificent job. And he's built this thing. So my also, hat goes off to Rakan. I also think the signing of Yasmani Grandal helps that rotation. Oh, God. That signing I love. I, yeah. I yeah. completely agree. Not, yeah, yeah forget the offense. Staff. I think what he will do with that pitching staff, with that young pitching staff, that is money well spent even if they don't compete this year. So a, a story that happened on over the weekend, Dane Dunning was making his uh, spring uh, – his start in the inter-squad game. And yet Grandal uh, – Dunning gives up two hits to start the – start his game Grandel goes out there and tells him hey you need to hold your change up this way hitters are picking it up Dunning doesn't give a hit up for the rest of the three innings scoreless innings no walks no more hits one strikeout so that's what Grandel is going to do yeah those, those guys make a difference for sure um the White Sox are are going to be interesting to me. I mean, I love, I like their bullpen last year. I mean, I think their bullpen was very favorable last year statistically, but it's deep. And that's one of the things in this day and age, it's not good enough to just have a dominant closer and setup man. You need four or five good relievers to be, uh, to be a good bullpen modern day. Pitching staff is there. I, I mean, like I said, Kopech being out, I think is a major blow to a young team like this, where kind of everyone needs to perform for them to reach there <laughs> to reach anywhere near a ceiling. Um, Abreu, I really didn't mind that contract. And I didn't mind it because a, he's a run producer uh, in the modern day metrics. I think that gets lost a lot of times, but there are certain guys, Miguel Cabrera is another one who comes to mind. They have a knack for driving and runs. And Jose Abreu does that. He's a veteran on a very young team. And I don't mind signings like that to kind of bleed into that next generation. Especially there were White Sox who had like 17 cents committed to the payroll until two years ago. So if they can afford to do something like that, uh, they brought in Edwin. I don't know what kind of role he's going to have, but we'll consider a depth. Um, and you're right. Yeah, second base right now, a little shitty, but you've got Madrigal waiting. So that's, that's a big a big name. Moncado, when he comes back from COVID, he's got third base covered. Tim Anderson, one of the 
fun guys baseball needs and a guy who can put the ball in play, which is another thing baseball needs. Um, so, or at his, least for average. So, his uh, defense – uh, that's that's the one thing that kills me with Tim Anderson. His defense has to improve. He cannot be this bad defensively again. Yeah, and the white and the White Sox outfield could have some defensive issues. I mean, the the defense on the White Sox isn't great. The rotation is not going to be great. I think they're going to throw a lot of shit at the wall and see what sticks this season. Um, but you've got Rodon coming back from injury. Uh, you lost Kopech, right. so you know, twenty twenty one could be a lot different for them. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's. In, in that sense, I see a lot of – you got Nomar Mazzara. I like that signing a lot, too. I forgot that happened this offseason. Um, the White Sox, yeah. I, John, as far as the results go, I agree. This team is very similar to the 2015 Cubs. I could see them sneaking into the playoffs, maybe giving a team some problems. Um, and it, with the Twins, we'll get to them later. You never knew who's going to win that AL Central. Twins tend to be Jekyll and Hyde every other year, so – um, I think it was smart to load this team with veterans, the right character veterans, Encarnacion, re-signed the Brayu. You know, they brought in the right mix of veterans to make sure that these young players know what they're getting involved with. So I, I like those moves. Yeah, and Matt, to your point, Rick Hahn really did spend a lot of time ripping everyone except Ryan Cashman, of course, off in trades. He, uh, he had like a run there where he just collected talent from everyone who was desperate. Mm-hmm. And and now you're going to start to see that, I think, over the next uh, – I would say this starts the White Sox window. 2021 is going to be a scary year. 2022 is going to be an even scarier year. And then we'll kind of go from there. So that those are my thoughts on the White Sox. Um, the, it, uh, we'll have to kick Matt out of the chat by 2022. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to – as like, give me one title before then, I don't, and I'm okay. I'll be happy for Matt. You don't give me a title before then, he's not allowed in. Uh, Jeff, we haven't gotten to you yet. What do you think of the White Sox? I mean, yeah, the White Sox, man. I mean, they've been kind of I followed a little bit along with, like, you know, since the sale trade or whatever and been absolutely impressed. I mean, the only thing, a hole I see in the wall is or holes I see in the rotation is it's going to be Keiko and Geo. Geo's getting old, so he may be coming down. He was awesome for us. I don't know what Stearns found out, you know, what the Stearns does. Like, he finds players and he gets the best out of them. So I'm kind of hoping – for you, Matt, that, you know, that with your, uh, with your leadership, or whatever, you can get the, you know, you can get something good out of Gio because obviously he's done pretty well. Keiko, I mean, he's been kind of an up and down guy, but I mean, he may give you your um, uh, veteran presence for the, as like Henry was saying, for some of these younger guys to learn from. But I mean, it's not a horrible, a horrible rota- rotation. I mean, I would say it's definitely better than the Pirates <laughs> any day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got Giolito leading the staff, Jeff, and I agree. I, I think Keiko will add more than just someone that, you know, is going to throw up the wall and see what sticks. He's going to provide a little bit of pitching psychology, and Keiko doesn't have commanding or, you know, dominating stuff. So he's going to teach these guys, hopefully, like a guy like Lopez, who needs control something horrible. I mean, Ronaldo Lopez walks like five guys every game. So if Keiko could just teach him how to craft his pitches and pitch within the strike zone, you know, well worth the price of admission. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. You get to, cause then you get your catcher, you know, with y- in Yasmani with these young guys too. Like we've all been talking about having the guys considered one of the greatest framing pitchers in, you know, in, in the league. 
you know, it's just going to be good things for these guys as they're, you know, moving up the chain. And then it's, you know, like we're talking about the Kopech situation, you know, it really sucks for him that, you know, don't be doing super well and successful and then blow your arm out. Now you got all these fans that, you know, obviously don't understand that, Hey, like this dude's going through some emotional, you know, emotional in, in, in a big emotions in a big way. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, with, you know, like we could talk, talk about Zach Greinke, emotional head case. He came to Milwaukee. He was pretty decent. I mean, I, I was kind of upset with what we got out of him because the first time I actually seen him play live, he was like he looked like he was running out of gas every time he went up there. But I think it was just more of the mind over matter situation that he was just a, a head case. So it's just uh, – yeah, I, I hope nothing for success for Kopech, man. Being able to throw trial triple digits in your starting pitcher, I'd, be, I'd love to have that in my rotation regardless. Jeff, let's stick with you going to the Brewers. I forgot to mention one thing about the Reds. If you watch the MLB schedule release when it came out, the Reds actually have the statistical easiest schedule in all of baseball uh, based on last year's results. And I say that to say this, Jeff. I'm looking at the Brewers' schedule right now. I mean, I, that is a painful start to the season. You've got Cubs – Pirates who are – I hate playing teams who suck early in the year because they still, like, have a soul. So, you've got the Cubs, you have the Pirates, and then you get Cardinals, White Sox, Reds, Twins, Cubs again, Twins again, and then Pirates, but then Reds again. <laughs> like, I mean, that is tough. What are your thoughts on the schedule? Uh, yeah, here I'm just waiting for my slow-ass computer to be putting stuff up. I mean, it's going to be – Looking at it right now, I mean, seeing that, you know, we've got, you know, I got Cubs Pirates playing. I mean, we could get some pretty easy wins out of some of these, but, but in the end though, too, is that as long as we can start out hot early, which has kind of been our Achilles heel, like we've been, we, we get things going pretty decently and start getting a run going. But then by, with, you know, 60 games, we have to be, we have to be ready to win now. Um, uh, you know, we're throwing our, Literally, if we have to throw eight or other like um, uh, Council's been doing to go get lockdown wins for multiple innings, I mean, I don't want to see it happen. But I mean, there is no turning back. It's literally all, all, all you know, all aboard. Either you're getting on or you get the fuck off. But uh, but having you know, such having um, uh, can't think today. Um, uh, having guys come back like uh, here we go. Just pulling stuff up. I'm. I, I woke up here about an hour ago, but uh, having, well, you got uh, Yelich coming back. That's one. <laughs> you know, we got Knievel coming back, dude. That you know was our closer, throwing triple digits. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's it's it's going to be a lot of heavy laying laying on our rotation, or and I would say a lot of teams rotation or um, uh, well, bullpen. I'm sorry, not rotation, but a lot right. of bullpen to get your uh, get you know to get yourself out of situations where we're going to go, you know, even though. We have the new rule with there's no lefty specialists and stuff like that anymore, which we're our team, which was solely based around our coach, you know, doing. But I mean, yeah, it's I mean, the, the schedule itself, yeah, it's going to be a little, t- a little tough. I mean, yeah, the Reds are going to be just absolutely a pain in our asshole. But I mean, I think if we, as long as we can win, you know, if we do a three-game series, we can win two. Or if we do a four-game series, we win two out of four. I mean, we can put ourselves in a position to where we're going to be you know, right in the mix with everything. I don't – I'm not worried about being number one. I'm more happy if I can my number two team and then doing what we've always done, be the underdog, and just show up when the game matters the most. So, I mean, it's whatever. Okay. John, 
division rival. Uh, by the way, is it is it a division? I mean, I know the Cardinals are the big are the big rivalry for Cubs fans, but uh, is this Brewers Cubs like a legitimate thing? Or is it, or is it like it's, Yankees? It's tough Orioles? to say because, because I'm sure Jeff thinks of the Cubs Brewers as a bigger rivalry than it actually is. But you're right; it's the Cubs Cardinals are more of a thing. But I'd have to say, Jeff, if if you were to say who is the Brewers' biggest rival, it's probably the Cubs, right? Oh, it's always going to happen. It always has been. Right. I mean, there's really no other team that's that we've really played against that we really play at our best at. It's always been the Cubs. I mean, Cardinals, they've always – they find our number. I don't know. They usually find everybody's number late in the season. But, yeah, we've – I mean, we've had fits with the Cardinals. But, I mean, who, who likes the Cardinals anyways? Fuck. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> But, but, but alluding to what you're saying, man, is yeah, yeah, we always, whenever, whenever we play each other, it, we always seem to get a show every time. Because I could, I could think of the, the last time, last game I went to was I was with Felipe. I got to meet him for the first time. And uh, Brett Moore, I mean, we sat there and we watched this game and it was back and forth, back and forth between the both teams. You know, we ended up coming out the victor, but still, we're just sitting there giving each other shit if someone gets a run. You know, it's it's super. It's a it's a super rival, good rivalry to have or to see because it's we always get something pretty pretty nostalgic out of each other. So, the 2018 uh, game 163. I have a lot of Facebook friends that are Brewers fans, uh, having gone to school in Wisconsin. Um, that was one of the the most memorable moments. Yeah. I remember how excited they were. We beat the Cubs and won the division uh, back in 2018. In order for them to contend this year, two things need to happen. Christian Yelich needs to be the best player in the National League, and Josh Hader has to be 2016 Andrew Miller. He has to be that two- to three-inning guy that you can throw out there to lock down games. They do not have tremendous pitching depth, and they don't have the lineup uh, that you see with the Cubs or the Reds in the NL Central. They do have, like I said, potentially the best player in the National League, and they probably have the best relief pitcher in all of baseball. Um, and they, they have to hit their ceilings if the Brewers are going to contend this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sitting here um, uh, kind of going through some of their like their infielders, I mean, Orlando Arcia, the big one, he has to pull his head out of his ass. Otherwise, yeah. I, I mean, I, as, much as, I, as much as I want to see this guy play, I'd ra- I mean, with his, he's got a good glove, but I'd rather see him go to some other franchise and try to get pieces out of him. But a lot of what we've been up to is it's been, we've been piecing people, uh, piecing people, piecing people together and just kind of like making this three-headed monster that we can try to, you know, go out and um, uh, perform. And it's worked for us so far. I mean, picking up, uh, see here, Jed Jerko. Eh, whatever. I mean, he plays for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the guy, but, you know, hopefully they'll – with him coming back, he should be, you know, coming to, coming to us. Stearns found something in him. Or uh, another one, like a lot of people, like I've talked to, the Brock Holt. I'm kind of excited to see what this guy does. I mean, dude's been pretty decent as far as what I've heard from everybody out in the AL area, you know, with, uh, with Boston. Um, Justin Smoke, I mean, he's going to be, I think, one of those, like, all right, what are we, what are we going to get out of him? I mean, he, like, are we going to get a good first baseman or are we just going to get some guy that just swings and misses, you know? And it's, again, what I'm alluding to, it's like piecing, we're piecing people together in the, on this team to try to make something out of nothing. And Stearns has done a pretty damn good job, but how long is that going to be able to uh, stay relevant? I mean, it's what it kind of boils down to. 
Yeah, it, it, you know, I always look at the Brewers schedule or the Brewers roster and I'm just like, I don't understand like why this team doesn't lose 90 games. And, right. and like, it's just, uh, some sort of edge of, like we're becoming the Cardinals or something. <laughs> it's a little, yeah, I, I feel like there's a little bit of market inefficiency that they exploit there. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, then guys like Brandon Woodruff were, like turn into good pitchers. And I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know where he came from. Um, you've got Kessie Jimmy Zero, Nelson. Yeah, Chase like Anderson. Just, I mean, how do they get these? Jimmy Nelson. I wrote Jimmy Nelson to a. I wrote Jimmy yeah. Nelson to a. I think maybe two championships in fantasy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Least yeah. Well, Jimmy I mean, Nelson's uh, is, uh, is with the Dodgers now, so he's yeah. not right. Right. I'm just saying, how do they get these pitchers, uh, yeah. these nobody pitchers, to turn into two and three ERA uh, potential? You know, Cy Young yeah. type. I mean, that's why. I I fucking love David Stearns, man. I have him as coach. He's like our, he's, he's our Theo Epstein. Like the dude just, he knows what to get out of players. But then you put him in a tandem with Council, one of the, you know, a, a great, great player to have. I mean, you know, the dude's got a, a great record. He's got himself a World Series, a World Series MVP. I mean, this guy just lives and breathes baseball. It's even, you know, it's even cooler to be able to have a guy that's from the area coach my team and just, you know, understand what he needs to do to get us out of jams and get players the best we can out of them. I mean, though, yeah. I think my only complaint about this team is just that I'm just hoping Council doesn't just go out and try to, you know, blow the, you know, blow his wad and just throw Hater out there every time because we can't, we can't keep riding this guy. We're going to end up like Steven Strasburg, you know, a few years ago where the dude's just arm is just absolutely just garbage because we just beat the piss out of it. I mean – but I mean, we, there's a lot of potential in here. I could definitely, you know, see us using Hater as a uh, long relief guy. But my question is, are we going to do that? Because he's been uh, pretty dominant in the closing role, as far as like we find ourselves in a bunch when we can't get um, uh, a relief pitcher to, you know, to figure his shit out. So then we just throw Hater in there for, you know, maybe an inning and inning and a half, just you know, just to lock down the win because he's that's, you know that's successful when it comes down to stuff like that. And then, you know, um, uh, Freddie Peralta, I mean, dude started off, you know, started off as, you know, starting pitcher, couldn't pull his head out of his ass. <laughs> you know, he ended up going down to the minors, you know, to go figure his crap out. And then, then they throw him in the, uh, they throw him in the bullpen. But the one guy I really, really, really am excited to see this year is my boy, uh, uh, Brett Suter. I'm super excited to see what this guy does this year. I mean, the dude had Tommy John surgery, went down to the minors, just absolutely killed it. The dude was just phenomenal. Then comes up during our playoff push and just becomes inhuman. Like, I don't know where this guy pulled this magic out of, but I love this dude top to bottom. I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping this guy figures it out. And, uh, I mean, you know, having a lefty that's one of the – I'm trying to think of what it was um, – uh, between uh, between the ball going to the glove and coming back to him, he's one of the fastest guys you know to keep you know to throw you know, throwing pitches as far as when it comes to pitching to pitching to guys. Like the dude's just like he's on top of stuff. He's ready to go as soon as he gets that baseball. I mean, I love this dude talking about him as much as you know. People, some people that don't really have faith in him, I'm I'm super excited and I kind of hope he actually goes back to the, uh, back to the rotation because I, I I do I like this dude's arm. I I really really do and I think this year he's going to come out the woodwork and he's just going to keep moving forward as far as, you know, with the way that works. Yeah, yeah. I think you got a lot to be excited about. I'm just looking at that August schedule, and, and <laughs> that's a grind, man. That's a big, big grind. And, and 
unless Yelich does Yelich things and carry you guys, I just I can't see you you know getting out of that meat grinder of August. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much competition out there as far as like you know we've got the Twins in our division now, which mm-hmm. they've they've got they've got guys that can hit baseballs, but the as Twins are gonna mash the league to absolute death, and it's it's like I said, combining the two leagues, you know, the the two divisions in each league, I think some teams are. Uh, you know, get affected by that. And I think you guys are one of those teams. Yeah. And yeah. well, I'm not going to disagree with any of that, but I just, I mean, a lot of it, I think it's going to be as it's going to fate or sorry, a lot of it's going to fall on us as far as our pitching rotations, if they can figure out how to, how to strike guys out right away. Cause if they don't, then yeah, I don't see us going anywhere as far as maybe trying to get ourselves a, um, uh, 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 not uh, why getting ourselves in a wild card position, yeah. maybe bouncing ourselves out like we have past couple of years. But like we're again, I think we're a team. We're just like right at that ceiling. We just got to find some. Uh, we I think we need a maybe one or two ace pitchers, or I should say like an a like a solid solid ace. I think we can find that Brandon Woodruff. But we need a like a, a very solid two three guy. And I think when we do that, we can break that ceiling and actually hit. Actually, maybe get to a. Oh, World Series. I mean, we were yeah, one game, that, one game away. That trade deadline is going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, no doubt. We've got. I mean, I see. We've got. A few, we've got a few pieces. I think that we can definitely offer, but I don't think it's as far as like you know what we do have. A lot of. I mean, <laughs> again, what I've been saying is we've been we're kind of like pieced together. So I mean, we got a few guys out there, but we don't have very many. It's yeah. going to be if we want to you know get rid of a guy, we're going to pe- you know, give him a guy that's got. Uh, you know, a contract just for this year. That's what Stern's been like, has been doing these past three years. Yeah. It's just finding guys and signing the one-year deals and getting the max out of them that we can. So again, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't definitely don't disagree, but I mean, it's one of those situations. It may be, may work out successful yeah. for us. It may not. I think uh, the next team we're going to move on to is uh, another one of those teams that are going to kick you guys out <laughs> the Indians. So man, yeah, Matt, we haven't heard from you. Uh, quick thoughts on the Brewers, and then bring us back to the AL here with the Indians, and uh, and let us hear what you think about that. Rob got the Joe Boo hat. Yep. <laughs> um, the, the Brewers, I think, have the best bullpen in the Central Division. Um, I, I know a lot of people think that Hater is a one-man bullpen, but like Jeff said, I love Suter. I actually like Peralta. Um, little side story. I took my son to one of his first baseball to his first baseball game, and Freddie Peralta came over. Only one that signed his baseball. So love Freddie nice. Peralta. Nice, good dude. And I love Alex Claudio too. So I, I think that bullpen with Corey Nebel coming back is going to be a lot better than I think a lot of people are giving credit for. And Milwaukee's going to do Milwaukee things and definitely compete for a playoff spot. Cleveland, I th- this team, it just totally depends on where Francisco Lindor ends up. At the end of August, if he's still on the Cle- on Cleveland's team, uh, Cleveland's probably going to be in the hunt. Uh, I just can't see them. They are they, they have a very flat line. Like I don't think there's a lot of upward mobility, and I don't think there's a lot of downward mobility unless they start trading off pieces like Carrasco and a couple of the other guys. Of course, with Lindor, but like a team with the White Sox, they have a really high ceiling but they could also kind of have a really low floor. So 
the, this team, I think, is somewhere in the middle. I don't even consider them for the division. I think the Twins will just bash, kind of what Henry said, just bash people's brains in into submission. And I don't think Cleveland has that ability to hang with some of these teams offensively. I, I think they lack too much offensively to be a factor. Yeah, I, that's where I come in, Matt. I, um, I, I don't think uh, – the Indians are boring. <laughs> that's the best way I could describe them. I don't think their ceiling is particularly as high as the Twins or even the White Sox. I think the White Sox have a higher ceiling than the Indians do. Is it a lower floor? Probably. Um, you know, I don't think the Indians are going to embarrass themselves. I don't know if anyone would think that. You've got Clevenger and Bieber at the top. They're both legit. Fluko, I kind of like. Carrasco, I don't, I don't know what to expect from him. But the Indians will always have pitching. They, they're one of those organizations that pulls stuff out of their ass with pitching. Um, that's why the Yankees took Matt Blake from them. I mean, it's just they've always, always been able to develop starters. I thought the bullpen overperformed a little last year. It was a really, really good bullpen for a long time. Um, I just don't see that happening again. Brad Hand is fine, but there's not a lot of guys in that bullpen where I, you know, they're gonna sc- they're gonna scare me too much. And then you kind of get to that lineup, and the lineup is uh, a whole lot of <laughs> it's okay. Like you know, Franny Reyes could he hit 45 home runs? Sure. Uh, Lindor, like you said, could he be have an MVP season? Sure. Can Ramirez have a recovery? Sure. But I just it's not sexy like the White Sox, and it's not proven like the Twins. And I think that puts the Indians in a weird central purgatory where they might finish second and finish far away from a wild card, or they might win, get into the wild card, but they're like somewhere in there to me. They're somewhere between second wild card and just completely mediocre 500 and, un, and completely forgettable. So... <laughs> John, wh- where, where do you fall on this with the Indians? Do you think they have a shot at the division with the Twins and White Sox there or not so much? I, and I'll talk about the Twins more when we get to them. I'm not as high on the Twins as uh, maybe everybody else. Um, but And, and you're, you're totally right. The, I think the White Sox, um, I hate to go back to talk, to the, talk about them again, but I think the White Sox with their roster as it currently is, has the ceiling the highest ceiling to become maybe the best team in baseball if everybody performs up to it. I mean, just look at their roster. And the Cleveland Indians, you're right there. They, their ceiling and floor are so close together that they're probably a second or third place team, and that's it in their division. Right. Yeah, I completely They're still going to be good. They're going to be around 500, anywhere in between 29 and 33 wins this season. Could they compete for a wild card? Maybe. Um, and – Yes, Bieber and Clevenger are pretty darn good one-two to have in that rotation. Yeah, for sure. Henry? I'm the complete opposite of you guys. I think while the White Sox team is fun, this team is boring as hell. But this is a very <laughs> talented, boring team. This team is loaded. I think, I think this is a very well-rounded team. It's not just Clevenger and Bieber. They have Carrasco. They have Pluco. They have Jeffrey Rodriguez. Then you have a guy like uh, Zach Plesak who's just sitting there waiting for somebody to fall so he can step in. He'll probably be moved into the bullpen until they can get it together. Uh, I like this Cleveland Indians team. They're boring. You know, they play hard, but, you know, you have guys like Carlos Santana, Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor is probably behind Trout in terms of the best player. You know, Mercado, Jake Bowers, Tyler Naquin, these dudes, Delano Shields are still playing, but 
you know, they, they, this team is well-rounded. Domingo Santana's on that team. He's always hitting, you know, you look on the standings and this dude is always hitting for power. He's hitting for average. He's doing something amazing. And while this team may be boring, I think that they will compete and they will make some noise. How much of this are you saying because of your Lindor obsession? I am absolutely obsessed with Francisco Lindor. I think if he became come to the Yankees, he would be the face of baseball. And he would run everything in the MLB. But um, this has nothing to do with that. As Francisco Lindor is my favorite player in all of baseball, and if he went to the Yankees, he would become my least favorite player in all of baseball. I, I think Francisco Lindor to the Yankees is a marketing dream for, oh. for MLB. Uh, I, I second that with Henry. Um, yeah, Lindor, he's my favorite shortstop in baseball right now, and he's but he, I, he I, to the Yankees. Is just, in terms of talent, yeah. I, I just think this, this, twin, this uh, Indians team is loaded. But they're just boring. So, you know, it's not – you don't – they're not sexy. You know, they're not like the White Sox. They're not like the Yankees. You don't look at those names and say, oh, this team is sexy. They're just – they're going to be consistent. They're going to compete. And they're going to be right there the whole time. Hmm. And I'm interested to see what we get from Carrasco coming off of his surgery for um, Hodgkins. Yeah, well, I, I got to jump in here real quick, Henry. I, I don't – this team doesn't scare me at second base with Cesar Hernandez and Christian Arroyo. First base, Carlos Santana is another year older. Jose Ramirez – all purposes aside, I, I, you know, high home run guy, not more than that, I don't think. And then their outfield's a bunch of trash. Jordan Luplo, Oscar Mercado, Greg I like Allen. Mercado. I don't, uh, nah, I don't think he produces Jake, enough power. Jake Bowers, man. Jake Bowers, you know, that's a talented dude. Yeah, it's talent, but then you're also looking at Delano DeShields possibly starting in center field for you. I This team is going to go as far as that rotation, honestly. And, and Clevenger is one of those top three guys, young guys that I look at and I say, if I'm any team in baseball, I'm giving up the farm for him. It's him, it's uh, Flaherty, and it's um, Castillo from the Reds to me, those three guys. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more like you, Matt. I don't, this team – Yes, it has talent. Uh, that's why it has a floor that's probably 500 or thereabouts. But I just don't see it. I, I think a short – it's not that I think strategically a short season will hurt them. It's more that I think if the Indians have a bad first 20 games, they may be big sellers. Um, only because they have to be. Because they need – they're, they're going to have to piss or get off the pot when it comes to Lindor soon. And they're going to have to do with a couple of their other players, especially that bullpen. They've got some veterans there. So it could blow up quick for the Indians. Um, a lot would have to go right for them to win the entire division. Uh, and I'm not saying a lot doesn't have to go right, right for the White Sox either, but the White Sox kind of have more mistakes built in that they can work with because I think they have a, a more depth. Um, Indians do have a couple of prospects who could be interesting. And, of course, you've got the Twins, who we'll get to in a second. But we'll see. Uh, you know, if they won the division, would it shock me? Absolutely not. It would probably be based on the pitching, like Henry said, uh, and sort of that the, the guys we know who can perform with the hitting. Um, I, do, I do agree with you about Lindor. I think they have a tough decision, and they have to get this one right, trading uh -huh. him at the right time for the right value. They have yeah, to get that right. Dodgers. He's done after 2021, right? Uh, 2020, he's a free agent, so yeah. Yeah, so in my yeah. mind, I'm always a huge fan of trading a guy be right before his walk year, uh, as in not a rental, but with one more year left on the deal. I feel like that's when you maximize the value. So Indians better be real confident where they are. And if I'm right, they're probably going to be right around 500 and not real confident where they are <laughs> come, come that deadline. 
Come to New York, Frankie. We love you, baby. Come on. If, if, the, Indians, if the Indians can get competitive and maybe call up Nolan Jones and Tristan McKenzie, they could make things interesting. Um, and, and Henry's right. They, they, they are a not sexy team that could be there at the end. I just – I'm high on the White Sox this year. I really am. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, Rob, let's let's switch it over to the Cardinals, and we'll go to you, Jeff. Uh, you can give us your thoughts, if you would like, on the Indians, and then also give us your thoughts on the defending NL Central champion Cardinals. I mean, I'm, I'm not really super 100%, like, and really know a whole lot about uh, as far as Cleveland and South. I mean, I had Shane Bieber last year. He was fantastic for me for fantasy, so. I kind of hope he does some good stuff. Um, uh, buddy, uh, you know, we all know him, uh, Nick or whatever. He was uh, high on Clevenger last year, and he pitched his brains out. I think he had dead some injuries last season, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah, injury in the beginning of the year, and then he was pretty solid after. Yeah, pretty solid after. I mean, I again, I don't know a whole lot about this team, so, I mean, I really don't have a whole lot to say. If you guys think he's boring, he's boring. <laughs> they're boring, they're boring. Yeah, but well, Francisco Lindor was another one. I guess the only thing I really had to co- – I should comment on is uh, Jose, or Jose Ramirez. I was told up and down by everybody in fantasy, like, this is a guy, if you want to go for a guy like uh, – go for – I forgot what his position is. Um, uh, third base or was it shortstop? He's third base. Third base. Third base, yeah. Third base, okay, yeah. He's like he's a good third baseman to have. Take, you know, I take him uh, my draft last season, and dude just shits the bet. Yeah, he just does nothing, and then he didn't even. Get, and then as the season went on, he was really nothing of what he was um, the season prior, and just kind of just like a straight, a straight booty hole from uh, for him, and you know, ended up dropping him. Um, I'm interested to see what Domingo Santana does. I mean, he was one of our prospects that we brought up. He had a good bat, just a terrible terrible bluff so i guess that's really looking at this team that's kind of only really what sticks out to me um uh, as far as uh what i know out of it um I guess. what about the cardinals because that, that hits more close to home as a brewers fan fucking hate them suck <laughs> <laughs> i feel like no, we're gonna I mean, do that more than once cardinals are gonna cardinal man i can't say enough about them they know what they're doing I, when it comes down to just getting effectively whatever they want out of a player. And then you do what they did to us when we traded uh, traded to go get Loesch a few years ago. Like, the dude was pitching pretty well. Like, all right, let's get rid of him. We get Loesch, he's good for a season, and just 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 takes a crap. So, I mean, I Cardinals are just – they're going to be scary no matter what season – no matter what season they're in. It's just – it's absolutely atrocious of how good these guys can be for some reason. John, we'll go to you staying in, you know, with the rivalry teams. Would, uh, where do you come on the Cardinals? Uh, I have them second in the NL Central. Uh, I still think they got some young talent on that team. It'll be interesting to see what to- if Tommy Edmond uh, can keep that up, what he did last year. He's a very interesting player. Um, that can play multiple positions very well. Colton Wong may be the most underrated player in that entire division. Uh, Paul DeYoung, Antioch High School grad, a great young shortstop. And Paul Goldschmidt, a top two uh, first baseman in baseball. The, the Cardinals piss me off more than any other team because of guys like Tommy Edmond. You know, they just come out of nowhere and seem to put up, you know, 
Tommy Edmond put up 3.2 WAR last year Cardinals. in 92 yeah. innings. Boring, just a boring, generic white guy. Tommy Edmond could have been created in a video game as like what happens once the players retire and like you need these like guys just coming in with random names. That's Tommy Edmond. He's just like fantastically efficient. I completely agree with you there. Yeah, um, they're always going to have a good pitching depth with that rotation. I think Miles Michaelis is going to have a bounce back season. Jack Flaherty, uh, Jack, Jack Flaherty with Walker Bueller and uh, Luis Castillo are probably the best young pitchers in the National League. Um, you still got Adam Wainwright. Um, I really do think losing Jordan Hicks hurts. Uh, losing a guy who can throw 104 miles an hour. Um, basically he has become the new Araldis Chapman. When you're measuring uh, pitch velocity, you have Jordan Hicks for like the top 37 or 38 pitches. And then you have, you know, a random guy in there for velocity and he's starting to strike guys out as well. And so today, right? Martinez out of that closer spot. I do have him finishing second. I do have him in the wild card. Um, and they're another, you know, they're not a sexy team, but they're always good. And it's annoying mm-hmm. as hell. Fuck yeah. I hate them motherfuckers. <laughs> Is it safe to say, John, then do you have the Brewers winning the division? Because they, I have the uh, the Reds winning the division. Right, that's right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Matt, let's go to you with the Cardinals. I mean, I'm kind of envious of the Cardinals, really, because it's like the perfect model for sustained success in the NL. You know, the Dodgers had their down years, but one constant was always the Cardinals. I think from about 2004 up until now, you know, the Cardinals were either always one or two every preseason before you, um, you know, when you make your predictions. Just taking a look at this team, I, it's not like one superstar that sticks out, but it's the epitome of the parts are, you know, the sum of the parts are greater than the part itself. Mm-hmm. And then you take a look at guys like come that could come up, Dylan Carlson, a very power-packed outfielder who appears on the verge. He can make a big impact. Nolan Gorman eventually is going to come up, probably a little bit too early. And then you have Matthew Libertore, who I really like. And, you know, he's pretty good. But, man, I I like the Cardinals a lot. I don't – for me, you could take the top four teams in this division, Cubs, Brewers, um, Cardinals, and Reds, put them in a bag, toss it up, and it's just a matter of luck. The the winner of this division is just going to be – who was the healthiest and the luckiest? If no if doubt. we have if we have any Rays fans in this group, can someone tell me what the hell the Rays were thinking giving up Matthew Libertori for Jose Martinez? Whoa, whoa! It's the Rays. Yeah, they 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 won that trade. Believe it or not, the season hasn't started. The Rays won that trade already. I, I don't see it. I can tell you exactly what they're thinking. Jose Martinez is going to hit 420 against the Yankees this year. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. We all Jose know Jose Martinez it. lost like 30 pounds, by the way. Yeah. He's going to be – you remember – I don't know, John, how close you were paying attention, but uh, Travis Darnod, Darnod last year against the Yankees had that one series that was, of course, at two of the games where he just hit like three home runs. I think he hit like – he just obliterated the Yankees last year. Just like some pile of shit player – Jose Martinez is not a pile of shit player. He's going to destroy. I guarantee you he hits some astronomically high number against the Yankees, and that'll be the sole purpose they did it. 
Yeah, Jose Martinez, that guy that needed the DH, he needed to get out of the NL. And when he does, everyone that plays and everyone adopts the NL. <laughs> yeah, but those were big names. I'll give you that. I just, I, I will not doubt the Rays in some sort of vindictive plot to try and take the East away. Uh, Henry, <laughs> actually, a question for you, Henry, as as the resident New Yorker here. Um, have you been to the Cardinal Stadium? Bush. I have not. That's one of the few I have not been to. Okay. It is the most anti-New York type stadium ever because the people are, well, first of all, they're all white, every single one. Uh, there's a place <laughs> called The Barn that's next to the Cardinals stadium. It's like their pregame place. It was like a doubt plot, um, except I was the minority. And we, uh, I bring that up because they are the nicest human beings ever when you're at the game. Um, and it just, it's, it's irritating. So anyway, I had to bring that yeah. up before your thoughts. What are your, what are your thoughts so, on the Cardinals this year? So I definitely need to go to, to St. Louis and be allowed Puerto Rican, like full yes. Puerto Rican day parade in oh, Madison wow. Avenue, just like outfit, hat, everything. The yes. storest of the thumbs. <laughs> yes. Stick out there. <laughs> I'm gonna have a feeling Kramer will come out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't put any stand up there. Yeah. So th there's two things happened today um, for the Cardinals that I don't think are good. One is Jordan Hicks opting out. Um, he is a type one diabetic, so he opted out. He was also recovering from Tommy John, as we know. Um, number two is Yadier Molina turned 38 years old. Yes. And you can't keep leaning on a guy that old. At some point, Father Time catches up with you. That position, I think we all agree he's been great. Um, he's going into the Hall of Fame. and But he's 38 years old, and there's really no backup plan there. And I, I just... Well, I, I hate to interrupt you there, Henry, but I love Andrew Kinzer. Like, yep. I, I think Andrew Kinzer's really good. I see, but I, I see a lot of places talk about they may move him. They, so uh... is he, he going to catch long term? Wow, I, 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 I don't know. They just traded Carson Kelly to the Diamondbacks. I would find it shocking that they would trade Kinzer. Yeah, they've got Kinzer and someone else. Uh, uh, just... Matt Weeders is a decent. Matt Weeders. Yeah, Weeders is I forgot about Weeders. Weeders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they've yeah, got so. two prospects though who are catchers. One of them is a Merkel Boner dynasty. Um, that's my team. So yeah, yeah I, just, I, mean, I think I, they have a plan there. But Yadi is very old. To your point. Yeah, he's thirty-eight years old. I, I just. Like like you guys said, the cars always happen to always be there at the end. They always hover around. They'll go on a run. They make the playoffs. They're in the NLCS. We see it all the time. I don't think that's the case this year. I don't. I don't think this is the year for them. Um, the Reds, to me, are the cream of the crop of the NL Central. Um, combining both of them, I'd still say the Twins. But yeah, I don't, I don't think the uh, the cards make the playoffs this year. Okay. Fair enough. I, by the way, breaking news, Byron Buxton carded off the field uh, for the Twins. We're going to get to in a second. And Yes! Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's like Harold Reynolds' like, favorite player ever. He always Look, never talks about him. Somebody, somebody check on James because I know that James Edwin Scott's favorite player. So somebody check on James. He's the one who broke it. <laughs> well, see, yeah, that, see, that's a very James thing. You mentioned in the comment section. Hey, we'll go to the Rob. You can bring up the Twins. I'll finish up my thoughts on the Cardinals. Um, I, I, you know, I fall somewhere in there. I really, I don't, I don't know. I, I have the luxury of having another week to think about this before Henry and I make our predictions. But the Cardinals, will they finish below 500? No, they've got uh, 
they've got that boring talent. Like, there's no other way to describe the franchise and the team and the roster and the players on it than boring talent. They could pull some guy with some dumb last name who's going to have a great season pitching-wise uh, and join Flaherty. I'm sure Flaherty, even though he threw a million innings and pitched his ass off, won't have any sort of repercussions like every other team does with young pitchers. He'll be fine. And then you've got, um, you know, the bullpen, like Andrew Miller's 100 years old. He'll still pitch well. And uh, Gallegos, look, Cashman doesn't lose many trades, and I'm not ready to say he lost this one, but I'm not a Luke Voigt fan, and Gallegos has turned himself into a great reliever. I think it's a wash, but there, he's a great reliever right now. Um, Ponce de Leon, big, big name that I think has settled into a role there. And, uh, yeah, you know, Molina is old. I think he's well past his prime. They do have Weeders. I don't know if Weeders is any sort of alleviation there, but they do have uh, – uh, of course, they have top prospects behind that who could replace him. Goldschmidt, boring. Colton Wong, like John said, super, super underrated, at least for his defense. Then you've got Tommy Edmond and Matt Carpenter, generic white guys. You've got Paul Jong, generic white guy. Uh, Brad Miller saying he went to Clemson. That's about the most interesting thing. I'm a big Lane Thomas, Tyler O'Neill fan. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's they are what they are. They're a well-oiled machine. They will be in second or better, whether that means they're going to win the division or not. Uh, I guess we'll have to find out for my thoughts, but it seems like that's where we kind of fall as everyone kind of feels like they're around that second place. So... Let's go to the I just want to touch on something real quick that John said. He called uh, uh, Colton Wong the most underrated player in the National League. I disagree with that. I think that goes to his teammate, Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung. You could put uh, – Vince mentioned uh, Paul Goldschmidt up there with his defense. Mm-hmm. Bringing in Paul Goldschmidt took one of the worst defensive infields in baseball and made them into the one of the best defensive infields in baseball – because Paul Goldschmidt is saving so many errors over there at first base. He makes those guys look good. Reminds me a lot when Mark Teixeira extended Derek Peter's career at shortstop. Uh, they brought in Teixeira, and he, he started cleaning up a lot of the mess with the Yankees infield, and obviously it turned into one of the greatest infields ever. But a, a solid glove first baseman goes a long way, and Harrison Bader could very well also be that guy. Like, that's just what the Cardinals are, is they just have – names and these names and these names who just you know they're they never have like a top prospect in baseball i think oscar taveras was the closest i remember and uh, you know obviously we don't know what he would have become but they never seem to have that absolute top prospect it's always some guy who was like fringy and then he becomes just a rock solid player so yeah the cardinals we'll see how they go the twins Probably a more uh, inconsistent story than the Cardinals. It seems that they are a great team one year, not great the next. Last year was one of their great years, won over 100 games. I heard from plenty of fans, from plenty of fan bases. They're going to make a run in the playoffs. This was the best Twins team ever. And then the Yankees destroyed them like they're a Little League team, like they do every time they play. So here we are, (laughs) 2020, Twins reloading. Not good off the bat with Byron Buxton hurt. Um, but let's look at their schedule here. They start off with the white, with the Cubs, I guess, for a day. And then, or no, that's exhibition. Then they go to the white. So they, they start off with White Sox, Cardinals, Indians, before getting to the Pirates and, and Royals for a break. So a little bit of a rough start, not too long. And then you look over to September. Uh, again, it, it's a pretty balanced schedule. I don't think there's anything there that's an incredibly long stretch of difficult teams, at least on paper. 
Henry, let's start with you. I know you're a big guy with the Twins this year. Why don't you explain to us what the Love Fest is all about? I, I, I look at the schedule. I look at that lineup. I think that lineup is just – they're going to mash and mash and mash. They mashed last year, and I think they're going to just do more than they did last year. They get on base. They drive runs in. They, they hit for average. I look at that August schedule, and they're going to be like Pac-Man. They're just going to eat all the dots. You have, what, four games against the Pirates, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven against eight, nine games against the Royals. Then you have two games against the tr- – they're just going to – they're going to swallow that division in August, in my opinion. Will they, they, are the, they are the cream of the crop to me. Will they lose to the Yankees in three or four games? Uh, they'll make it interesting and make it four. But I, I also think I also think the Twins. I like their rotation. I think they're a team that will do something funky, like go out and if like Texas has a bad start, they'll go grab a Corey Kluber at the trade deadline and add to that rotation. You know, th- yeah. there's guys out there. There's guys that are going to be out there like Kluber that you know you put them on the Twins and it goes a long way. I don't know that Odorizzi has the same season he did last year, but he is back. Barrios, obviously, at the top. Uh, does Do Maeda and Bailey move the needle for you at all? Uh, yeah, I think Maeda moves it very much. He's not going to be the Maeda you saw in L.A. I don't think we're going to see that from him ever, you know, sub two and a half ERA. But yeah. I think he slots in very nice well, with Barrios there. Barrios is going to probably have that year we've been waiting for him to have, you know, that Cy Young type year that we know his stuff can can generate. Um, you know, th- that lineup is deep. They have Donaldson. They have Marlon Gonzalez, Jorge Polanco. Yeah. <laughs> I laugh. I see Jay Cave, but Jay Cave has put together a couple of nice seasons, you know. Max Kepler. Uh, people forget Max Kepler killed it last year. I'm still looking at the – Devin Smelter, interesting name this year. Um, I think he could step up in a pretty big way. They also have Rich Hill and Michael Pineda. So, you know, plenty of plenty – Yeah, of the Pineda's coming back from suspension. I forgot about Pineda coming back from his suspension. And mm-hmm. the ageless one, the Nelson Cruz is their DH. I mean <laughs> – Yeah. So, uh, let's kick it over to Matt. This is your division again. Twins may be your biggest competition – um, what are your thoughts on the Twins? Well, I, I think we need to touch on the headline of what James brought to the table. If Buxton's out, that's a huge – I mean, th- that that's the Grand Canyon-sized hole because you have a gold-glove center fielder and you have no one that has his skill set on that team right now. And then Henry brought up Kluber. And I'm going to touch on their pitching in a minute. But Royce Lewis has been a massive disappointment in his time in the minors. There's nothing that shows in his minor league career that he can hit major league pitching because he can't hit minor league pitching. Alex Krilioff had one huge year. I believe it was 2018 where he really turned a lot of heads. You're like, man, Krilioff's going to be really good. He really fell off last year. I don't love Trevor Larnich. So I don't think the prospects are there to land a big-time pitcher because I, I know the Dodgers with their loaded pitching staff, but there's probably still in the market for a starting pitcher. But that's besides the point. Let's talk about Jake Odorizzi, a benefactor of playing in shitty weather in Minnesota. He's not going to have that cushion of playing in 20-degree days in Minneapolis when the weather sucks. I, I don't like him. I don't think his stuff is that good, and I don't think it's going to play that well in a 60-game season when the weather is going to be nice to start off the season. I don't trust Pineda. I don't think Pineda's that good. And then we start taking a look at the rest of their staff. Maeda, I mean, he's going to be playing 
in more homer friendly parks out, you know, outside of Coors Field than he played in LA. He's got to go to Cleveland, which is easy to hit home runs with that right field porch. I mean, the U.S. Cellular Field or guaranteed rate field, now that's a band box. Easy to slug home runs out of there. Comerica's a little deeper, so I think that will give him a little bit of a cushion. But I, I don't like Maeda in this division at all. I think he's going to struggle more so than he did in the NL West. Kyle Gibson, I, I don't even know if he's that good. So there, I think there's more questions in that rotation. And then that bullpen's garbage. I mean, some people may like it. But I think they benefited from being up by six and seven runs so many times that the bullpen never was put in a stressful situation until they got slaughtered by the Yankees in the playoffs. So right. th th this Buxton situation is huge. That changes my entire outlook. I mean, I, I think that moves up the White Sox to take this division if they want it. If they play well enough, uh, man, uh, no, that Buxton injury is huge. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, they're spoken like a true division rival. There, Matt does not not have a lot of uh, a positive outlook on anything about them. They added Josh Donaldson. Should add that in. That was probably the biggest bet they. Had. I mean, they added Josh Donaldson to Henry's point to a team that broke the home run record last year. So, yeah, offensively they're loaded. You don't have to worry yeah. about them scoring runs. But defensively, and then you know, pitching wise, they're going to give up a lot of runs too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, John? I, I think you're right. Uh, hit it right on there. Pitching depth is one thing that they don't have. They have a lot of offensive depth, but not a lot of pitching depth. And, and I think uh, what you guys started out talking here, if you pull a random Minnesota Twins fan off the street and ask them what they want <laughs> out of this season, if they have two options to miss the playoffs or play the Yankees in the first round, I think they're <laughs> going to choose to miss the playoffs because it would be the same result. Um yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I am not as high as Henry is on them. I could see them finishing third in the division, and I could see the White Sox taking the division. I, I could also see them winning it if they score enough runs. I mean, Rich Hill is a 1,000 years old, and they may have to have him be a fifth starter in this rotation. There's just not much depth after you get uh, – yeah, Jose Barrios is a great pitcher, but do they have a legit number two? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. I think if obviously if they have an Achilles heel, heel it's going to be the pitching. Um, the Twins' best hope, and I'll say this right off that, is that the Yankees or the Twins win home field advantage this year because then you're not playing in that short five-game series, and that's kind of new territory for both teams. They don't play very – I don't think they've played at all in a seven-game series, so he's been the wild card play in or – a five-game series. So, Twins' best hope is that the Astros don't win home field, <laughs> which is – or or someone else comes out of nowhere to win home field. But uh, I'm with you. I mean, my thoughts on the Twins in general are that, yeah, they're going to slug a lot of home runs. They've got plenty of talent to do that. They've got the – even their prospects are guys who can still hit like 30, 40 home runs. I don't love them as hitters. I think a lot of them have holes in their game but they can still slug. I mean, they can mash. My thing is, in a 60-game season, I don't know if the pitching depth matters as much when you have an established offense like the Twins do. Um, I think they can mash their way to the division, especially the Central, which has three teams who can win the division, but none of them are a particular huge threat. Like, I wouldn't have predicted any of these teams to win 100 games in normal season. 
So I don't know what to expect there. I'm not going to make a prediction on it officially, but yeah, that's that's all I'll say is the bets may be enough for the Twins to win the division because they're so potent. But Jeff, let's get your thoughts here. Do you do you have thoughts on the Twins? Are they kind of on your radar? Could, just because you're going to well, have to play them a few times. The yeah, they're going to have to be on my radar. We got to play these guys, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> I think with our with our with our bullpen, man, um, uh, we've got a good chance that we could take a couple games out of the series um, uh, against these guys. But I mean, me and Henry is not wrong when they've got all these bats, you know, the huge bombs, like everyone's been saying. They like to your to what you said, you said, you know, breaking the all-time home run record, that's a lot of stuff to worry about. But then on the back end of that, you've got, okay, so the only, the only biggest, some of the big you know, names that kind of shine out to me, like Sergio Romo, he's a decent um, uh, reliever. He's been, I've used him for fantasy a few times, and he's always come out pretty clutch for me. But uh, besides that, I mean, yeah, you've got, uh, um, Ken Amayetta's been pretty decent. Odorizzi's you know, one of the more shiny ones that to stare at, I guess. But really, like, the, like, <laughs> The black eye is like uh, Homer Bailey. Like, that dude's a million years old, and you just mm-hmm. I, I don't ever remember a time that he's ever been good. Never <laughs> trust a pitcher named Homer. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, yeah. I think Bailey is rookie year, and to your point, probably not since then. Um, let's get into you know we we've kind of covered the teams at this point. Want to use the last few real minutes quick, here? Yeah. Real quick, I just want to touch on something Matt said. I know. The loss of Buxton is huge, but I, I looked it up, and, and Kepler paid 459 innings in center field, and he held it down pretty damn well. Yeah, four defensive runs saved. You know, his UZR is 2.8. I, I think he can step in and, and fill in for center field. Uh, but then you lose your right fielder. No, no, I, it's, I think we need to know more on this injury. It just, uh, you know, as we we're on the show, it broke. But, you know, I, I think Kepler can hold down center field for any team, honestly. That, that dude is special. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree with that, Henry. If it's a long-term injury, I get Matt's point, though. I mean, Buxton's more Of course, more than, yeah. We need, we need yeah, more info on this injury, for sure. He's more than just a center fielder. He's also uh, – he adds an element, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's finish up here, guys. Let's get your, your predictions real quick. Um, John, we'll start with you. Just give me real quick your AL and NL Central winner predictions. Uh, Chicago White Sox and Cincinnati Reds. Okay. Jeff? Uh, as far as what? Sorry, I'm not paying attention. AL and NL uh, division winners. Well, I'm always going to go with my team, so I'm always going to pick mine. And then probably AL, I don't know, that's going to be a tough one. There's a lot going on, but I, I'm going to have to say Yankees on that one. Did you say Yankees? Central. Yeah, AL, AL Central. Specifically. Oh, sorry. I, I, I'm space. I'm, I'm a space cadet here, man. No worries. Dutch on the left-hand side. I mean, I – Twins are pretty solid. I mean, it's, I think they're a dark horse, but uh, definitely with the bats that they have, they can definitely – they have the talent to do it. So, I mean, I'll go okay. with that. Twins, Brewers, Matt. So, I, I'm going to start with the NL Central because that's going to be easier. I, I think I'm going to go with the Reds. I'll ride the Reds in the NL. Um, AL, man – so, I got to pick two. If the Twins have Buxton and it's not a serious injury, I think the Twins win the division. If Buxton is out, I think it's the White Sox. Oh, man, Matt, making those hipster picks. Right, riding both dark horses. I like it. Um, okay, good. Well, thank you guys for, for joining. Obviously, very informative stuff. Uh, Central Division, to me, probably the most intrigue because you can look at seven of the ten teams and they can win the division. 
which is kind of crazy. And you yeah. can probably look at the uh, at like eight of those ten teams and say that there's a scenario they can make the playoffs. So um, it's going to be an interesting division to watch. There's going to be a lot of Dongs, which Dong City likes, that are going to come out of both divisions. And uh, I thank you guys for joining us. And next week, for those of you paying attention, uh, we're going to move on to the West and uh, hopefully see more of those. The little baseball life banners in the background. That's right. Uh, I couldn't find a good place to hang it up. I'm sorry, Henry, but uh, thank you so much. This is going up in my classroom at school. Oh, man. There we go. Awesome. Um, Yeah, so next week we will have the West, both AL and NL. We're going to have some more guests just like this. Thank you, John, representing the Cubs. Thank you, Jeff, representing the Brewers. Thank you, Matt, representing the White Sox. And, uh, yeah, like I said, next week, West. And then, guys, we got baseball in 10 days. And exactly in 10 days, I will talk so much shit, this show will go on for 17 hours once we have uh, the first pitch of the season for all of the COVID truthers out there. So I'm excited for that. Two shows next week. We'll get to the same one, though, Monday, 7 p.m., uh, your West Showdown. Thank you guys for joining. This has been Dong City. As always, Dong City, bitches. Dong, Dong City. <laughs>